We're just about halfway through the 2023 season of Classic League Baseball, and the time has surely flown. It feels like we've been traveling through time like Marty McFly and Doc Brown, Jason. Maybe it's because we have. That is true. That is true. The nice thing about this league is that adjustments can be made when necessary to keep things moving and allow people to still manage their teams the way they want. We've got a great episode of Dead People Baseball teed up, so let's get to the intro music so we can head around the bases. So what's the plan for Episode 2 of Season 3 of Dead People Baseball? I'm glad that I asked. At first base, Casey Rydell will give us an update of the standings as we approach the All-Star break, and let us know which players are hitting and pitching their way to All-Star selections. At second base, we'll give you a preview of the upcoming All-Star game at Cullen Stadium, with starting lineups and home run derby participants, we'll reveal the host for the 2024 All-Star game, and prepare you for the DH vote for both leagues. We'll have a dipper at third, and then revisit our predictions for the year from episode one, get to know our newest team, the Gotham Clown Princes, and get you up to speed on some trades. Lastly, we'll head home with a look at the second half and what we can expect, and a little surprise for Classic League owners and fans. Jason, anything before I, I mean Casey Rydell, takes us to first base? Let's listen to those golden pipes. Indeed. Thank you, Matt and Jason, and welcome to First Base. Let's find out how things are playing out in the standings this year in the CLB. We've got some hotly contested divisions, starting with the Hobbs Lightning, where the North Coast Crashers find themselves two and a half games out of first as we approach the All-Star break with a record of 34 and 38. The East Point Elites are a half game ahead of North Coast at 34 and 37, and the Wormtown Warriors lead the division with a record of 36 and 35. This one could be a battle all the way to the end. Over to the Oak Tree Division, the defending champion Twinsburg Tornadoes have a six-game cushion at 42 wins and 31 losses. The Athens Bobkittens aren't out of it yet as they sit just under 500 with a record of 34 and 35. The Brentwood Bearcats are seeing the season slide away as they are 11 and a half games back at 30 and 42. Heading over to the Kinsella Moonlight, where the Raleigh Fingers are white-knuckling their division lead with a record of 37 and 34. The Limer Curlers are a 500 team right now at 36 and 36, one and a half games out of first place. The Cleveland Spiders continue to battle as well, just a half game behind the Hurlers at 36 and 37. The Cornfield Division is seeing a dynamite battle between the Gramercy Ghostmen and the Harvey Wallbangers. Gramercy holds the lead right now with a record of 46 and 25, but they're just two and a half games clear of the Wallbangers, who are 43 and 27. The Gotham Clown Princes are looking for bright spots to build on for 2024, as they are 20 and 51, a full 26 games out of first place. On to our league leaders, and ladies and gentlemen, we are on a history watch when it comes to the batting title. Ted Williams of Gramercy is currently leading the league with a batting average of 408. He's well clear of the 2017 record held by Josh Gibson when he hit 385 for the year. 
Tony Gwynn of Cleveland is having a dynamite year at the plate, hitting 370, tied for second with the just-mentioned Josh Gibson of Harvey. Wormtown's Oscar Charleston is hitting 367, and rounding out the top five is another spider, Oscar Heavy Johnson, batting 366. There are a pair of ghostmen at the top of the home run leaderboard as well, with Ted Williams once again chasing history with 34 dingers on the year. Mickey Mantle is nine long balls behind him with 25. 23 home runs is a good number, but for Josh Gibson of Harvey, it feels a little low. Luckily, the 4th and 5th place guys on the home run list are teammates Reggie Jackson with 22 and Albert Bell with 20. Barry Bonds of Raleigh and Oscar Charleston of Wormtown round out the 20-plus club for the CLB in 2023. Did I mention that Ted Williams is chasing history? Batting average, home runs, how about we make it a possible triple crown with 94 RBI so far in 2023? He's just 70 away from the record set in 2021 by fellow ghost man Joe DiMaggio, who was second in RBI with 81. How about the Gramercy outfield rounds out the top three in RBI? Sure, Mickey Mantle has 76 so far. Oscar Charleston is fourth with 75, and Babe Ruth of the Champion Tornadoes has 70 RBI for his squad. Ty Cobb has some work to do if he wants to break his own stolen bases record. He's got 43 for the season, helping Raleigh stay on top of their division. Eddie Collins of the Ghostmen has 37, Twinsburg's Billy Hamilton has 26, and they are the only three players clear of 20 stolen bases so far in 2023. We've also got three players with double-digit hit-by-pitch this year. Judd Wilson has hit the injured list twice in his 11 plunkings, while Bill Monroe of Brentwood has been hit 12 times, and Home Run Johnson, once again, looking to change his nickname to Hit-by-Pitch Johnson with 13 on the year. How are things looking on the mound this season? Well, for the Gramercy Ghostmen, things are good. Christy Mathewson has 12 wins to lead the league, with Rube Waddell right on his heels with 11. Tim Linscombe of Athens joins Brentwood's Satchel Page, Cleveland's Grover Alexander, Dazzy Vance of Gramercy, Raleigh's Hank Robinson, and Joe Horlin of Wormtown with 10 wins each. A pitching triple crown isn't likely this year, as none of those pitchers just named crack the top five in ERA. Slim Jones of Athens is fifth with a mark of 323. East Point's Smokey Joe Williams is in fourth place with a 306, while Hooks Wiltsey starts the sub-3 club with a 2.93 ERA for Harvey. Limerick's ace Addie Joss has an ERA of 2.8, hot on the heels of Cleveland's Leroy Matlock, who leads the league with a 2.78 ERA. Not surprising, two of these pitchers are tied for league lead in complete games. Slim Jones and Addie Joss each have nine. We've got three pitchers who have eclipsed 100 strikeouts on the season. Satchel Page is right at the century mark for Brentwood. Slim Jones has 108 punchouts for the Bob Kittens. And Rube Waddell of the Ghostman has made 120 batters disappear from the batter's box. As for saves, it's a two-man race for the league lead right now, with Tom Henke of Raleigh pacing the field with 25, and Billy Wagner is 21 for 21 on the year for the Cleveland Spiders. That's going to do it for these golden pipes of Casey Rydell. Matt and Jason, back to you. Thank you, Casey, for getting us caught up on the league leaders. That seems like a perfect segue for us to start talking about the All-Star Game and who the starters will be for the 2023 edition being held at Cullen Stadium, the home of the Limerick Curlers. Let's start with the Kinsella League infielders. Take us around the horn with those All-Stars, Jason. All right, so first base, last year's MVP, Lou Gehrig of the Cleveland Spiders. 
Second baseman will be Ryan Sandberg of Harvey, who's having a, a, a nice year in the power department. Third base, another Cleveland Spider, Chipper Jones. And the shortstop, another Cleveland Spider, Doby Moore. Wow. Nice uh, nice representation for the Spiders. I mean, they're having a good year fighting for the division. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, bouncing over to the Hobbs League, who will occupy their infield. Hobbs first baseman, someone we don't see in the All-Star game all that often. Uh, Brentwood's Todd Helton having, oh, having wow. a really good year. Hitting 290, 17 homers, 51 driven in. Second baseman, here's a perennial All-Star, Rogers Hornsby of the North Coast Crashers. Third baseman is Athens' John Beckwith, and the shortstop is Wormtown's Alex Rodriguez. So a nice uh, mix of teams on the infield there. Before we go forward, we, we missed catcher. I, I should have said catcher, too. So who's our Hobbs catcher? Well, let's talk about the battery. You want to do the battery we'll just, first? Oh, we'll yeah, do that catcher first. And pitcher. Oh, we've got starting pitchers ready to go. Ready to go. Oh, shoot. Okay, we'll hold on there. So in that case, let's go back to the Hobbs and talk about the outfielders. Who's going to be patrolling? All right, left fielder is going to be Frank Robinson of North Coast. Center fielder, Oscar Charleston of Wormtown. And the right fielder, needs no introduction, the Babe. Babe Ruth of Twinsburg. Excellent. How about for the Kinsella outfield? All right, so this one, uh, all Gramercy. Wow. All Gramercy. This is ridiculous. So, um... The way the way the All Star uh, selections are made, designated hitters are uh, if they're going to get in, they're going to have to get in through their like natural position. So Ted Williams uh, ended up becoming the starting left fielder, Joe DiMaggio in center, and Mickey Mantle in right. I mean, the boys have earned it. Casey Rydell they're, just they're, said their name a million carrying times. Carrying my team, it's that's for sure. The, the the power patrol of uh, of Gramercy. Um, so th- now, so let's go back to the battery. So now we can talk about, let's start with the Hobbs League, the visiting all-star team. Uh, who's going to be the starting pitcher and catcher for the Hobbs League? Uh, both these positions actually very close um, in, in terms of, uh, of you know, who was starting and who was backing up. So I won't give away anything because we're not going to reveal any of the, the bench um, during this segment. But the catcher is Wormtown's Biz Mackey, nice. who's having a solid year all around. And the starting pitcher is Brentwood's Satchel Page, who I believe has the most Cy Young awards in our league. Yeah. Know it's, uh, him, he's got like five or six of them. That's an awesome battery in real life, both players with Cleveland connections. That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, going over to the Kinsella battery, who do we got? Again, this is going to surprise nobody. Uh, the catcher is Harvey's superstar, <gasps> Josh Gibson. No! And the starting pitcher is Gramercy's Rube Waddell. Wow. Wow. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't give my Limerick uh, hometown team a, a starter, but hey, it is what it is. I won't, uh, I won't hold it against you. Um, what do you think? I mean, I, you know, Todd Helton was a bit of a surprise. Um, obviously, there's some players we probably think should be starting and aren't, but we'll talk about reserves later. Any other big surprises that stand out to you on this? Nothing that's going to be revealed today, but I, I will say the way the statistics are this season and kind of the overlap of uh, guys having great years at the same position, there's going to be some snubs. There's going to be some guys who should be on this team who just you know either didn't have a certain category you know that was high enough or that was even with other players, and 
you know, there's going to be some teams that are going to be disappointed. Um, but you never know with, with injuries. You know, the, the full team will be revealed on Tuesday, June 27th. And that gives you a week of games, you know, that could result in guys being injured and make, paving the way for those snubs to get in. And every team will be represented, correct? That is something that we do, just like Major League Baseball also does. Excellent. Now, there's one starter that still needs to be determined for each league, and that is the designated hitter. What do we have in store for that final starting spot, Jay? All right, so what's cool about this is this gives you a little glimpse at the bench because all of these DH uh, representatives are on the team. Um, it's just their chance to maybe get into the starting lineup. So we got three candidates for, for both leagues. So the Hobbs uh, designated hitter vote will come down to these three players. Uh, Mule Suttles of Warmtown, mm. Turkey Stearns of East Point, and Willard Brown of Athens, who I believe was also in the running for this category last season. You got a mule and a turkey. You couldn't find another animal to throw in there at the uh, at the third spot. Okay. So, yeah, three big names, guys that have always had success in the league. Um, and and all, all three deserving to be all-stars, and they all will be. So it's just who's going to be that starter. How about over in the Kinsella League? All right. Uh, three very deserving candidates. Um Harvey's Reggie Jackson, who's having a, a breakout year. Mm -hmm. Cleveland's Oscar Heavy Johnson. And your hometown uh, slugger, Hal Trotsky. Hal Trotsky's been crushing it for me he, this year. Batting is, average and power. It's yeah. been great. Um, so that good. Again, three definitely deserving uh, to be on the all-star team. And one of them will be your starter. Um, now, so we, so those, all six of those guys just mentioned are some power hitters. You know, we see some, some big things coming from them. And that brings us to our third annual home run derby for the classic league all-star game. Are we doing four and four? Is it going to be four Hobbs and four Kinsella? Or how's the breakdown this year? Yeah, we'll keep it the same as it's been, um, four from, from each league, uh, a, a little bit different in terms of like the last few years, we just did like the top home run hitters. But uh, teams had multiple guys kind of in the running, so it, it, it didn't necessarily work out that way this year. But So it's a, there's no more than one from each team? No more than one right. from each team. We don't want multiple represent, uh, representatives. Yeah. We don't um, want four ghost men and then the, you know. <laughs> and uh, worth uh, repeating and mentioning again that, that we you and I do this the old-fashioned way with, with yes. the dice. Yep, we've got a, we've got a great little uh, formula that's been... Put together that uh, you know, obviously the the highest ranked home run hitter is going to have a little better chance of hitting a home run than than number eight. Um, but so who, who's going to be sending some cowhide spheres into the stands for the Hobbs League? So the way it works out uh, in terms of seeding, um, it, it's wherever they rank on the home run list as of today. So okay. we're up through June twenty fifth in terms of our games played. Uh, first seed. Well, let's start with fourth seed. Fourth seed in the Hobbs division is Twinsburg's Babe Ruth. It was a little iffy Ooh. if he was going to have enough home runs to get in, yeah. but uh, he, he, he was able to squeak his way in, uh, has, has hit a lot of home runs recently, um, and was last year's Hobbs champion, though he did get defeated in the final. That he did. Number three. Three, uh, again, a surprising entrance. Brentwood's Todd Helton having a monster wow. year, yeah. um, and he's going to represent the Bearcats in the home run derby. Uh, second seed is Frank Robinson of North Coast. He's He's been in this competition uh, every year that we've had yeah. it, so he's back. And another returning uh, home run hitter 
in the one seed, Wormtown's Oscar Charleston. Oscar Charleston. All right. So how about the uh, how about the Kinsella League? Who are our four through one there? All right. Here's where we have a little shakeup. So the fourth seed, uh, Cleveland's representative would have been Chipper Jones, who ha- is leading his team in home runs. But last year's champ was Lou Gehrig, and he's only one home run behind Chipper. So I decided, let's put him in there, let him defend his title, since he's deserving. He's He's got 15 home runs so far this year. Third seed, Barry Bonds of Raleigh. Second seed, Josh Gibson of Harvey. And the first seed, Ted Williams didn't want to mess up his swing, so he said he wasn't going to participate. Wow, we have a back out. Mickey, he backed M- out. Mickey Mantle... Uh, who won the the inaugural yeah. home run derby? Wants another shot at trying to be the, become the first uh, two time champ. So what, what did he have? About a thousand home runs that first year <laughs> we did this. That was uh, uh, that was amazing. So there it is. So there's our uh, uh, you know and, and geez and here my, I was planning to say how Ted Williams was going to be the favorite based on his quest for the triple crown, but anything can happen, and it already is happening. He already <laughs> will not be the. Uh, the uh, the home run derby champ this year. So, okay. Anything else about this year's game you want to talk about? So the game's going to take place on July fourth, uh, a festive um, July fourth. The home run derby will be the the night before, uh, and you'll be able to follow that on our Twitter account. Um, we'll we'll uh, update the time and how that's going to work and everything. But um, and again, the full rosters will be uh, revealed on our website. And our Twitter on Tuesday, June twenty seventh, um, you'll be able to vote for the starting designated hitter through uh, this upcoming weekend. Perfect. So let's turn our focus briefly on next year. Why don't you go ahead and do the big reveal? Who will be our host for the twenty twenty four All Star Game? All right. So just to recap, we talked about how twenty twenty five is going to be uh, the Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, neither league represented. Since that was the quote-unquote actual 20th anniversary. Next season is the 20th season. So I figured it needed to be a team that has been in the league since its start. Mm -hmm. And Old Ballpark, Fenway Park, North Coast Crashers. Awesome. will be hosting next season. Very cool. And it goes over to the Hobbs League, which works out well. Hobbs League, yep. Very nice. Um. Again, just to just to recap, follow the Twitter feed at Classic League Zero Five for the full rosters on the twenty seventh. Watch for that. Anything else you want to cover at second base here? I think that about does it. I think it's time for a dipper. Let's do it. It's time for third base. First, we've got our dipper and an appropriate one for both Major League and Classic League baseball. It's 394 Hazy Pale Ale from the Alesmith in San Diego, California, celebrating Tony Gwynn's 1994 season where he was chasing 400. With Luis Arise in Miami and Ted Williams in Gramercy, uh, both going after that 400 mark in, uh, in 2023. Very delicious Hazy IPA. Find it where you can. Now we take a look at the first half of the season so far. First, let's visit Gotham. They're having a bit of a rough go in their first season, but to be fair, they are playing with a team they didn't draft, as the owner Jason was a last-minute addition. He's got some stratomatic experience. I'm guessing we'll see him take a leap when he gets to draft next year. Yeah, I mean, I think he's got a decent core to build around. Um, he switched since it took, you know, the change took place before the season. He switched his ballpark to Dodger Stadium. Um, probably trying to play into uh, a pitcher's park. 
Um, doesn't have the strongest pitching staff. I think that's probably the big weakness that is uh, keeping his team from winning ball games. But again, he's he's got uh, some you know solid hitters and a couple pitchers that he could certainly build around for next season. Um, not a bad idea to continue taking the nosedive so that he gets the number one pick, and you know that goes for all rounds. So he could certainly you know rebound and and uh, make a big improvement for next season. Absolutely. Now let's take a look at some of our predictions from the first half of the year. We both thought that the Moonlight Division in the Kinsella League would be highly contested. And so far, Raleigh, Limerick, and Cleveland are not disappointing in that aspect. Um, I picked Limerick to win. Uh, who was it that you picked? Raleigh. You picked Raleigh. And they're in the lead. They are. But uh, it's anyone's division. It is. I, I think going back and forth between all three teams, I think all three teams have had their cold and hot streaks. Um, and it's kind of interesting that Raleigh is hitting a cold streak right now where you and uh, Nate are having uh, some more winning uh, stretches than losing. Of course, having to beat each other up uh, over the last couple series there, but, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Um, sticking in the Kinsella, the cornfield is being led by Gramercy, which we both expected. Uh, but Harvey's right there, ready to take advantage of any missteps you might have. Yeah, Harvey's having a great season. I, I think his team and my team kind of mirror each other. We're, we're, we're playing off the strength of our offense, but you know our, our pitching is up towards the top of the of the league as well. So I think anytime you can pair those two together, you know you can expect a lot of wins. Absolutely. Over in the Hobbs, we both had North Coast winning the Lightning Division, but Wormtown is holding serve right now. And East Point has held first at times as well. Um, so we've got that North Coast, East Point, Wormtown division. They're they're battling quite a bit, and it's anyone's ballgame. Yeah, and that's the, probably the hardest division to predict. I think all three teams have strengths and weaknesses that um, kind of depend on unproven or maybe inconsistent you know, players. Uh, I think Wormtown's done a good job of kind of tinkering with his team enough to play off of his strengths. Uh Whereas East Point's had to deal with a lot of injuries. So, you know, I think North Coast is finally piecing together what's working for his team. I think going into a new ballpark was obviously going to be a challenge. Uh, you never know how that's going to play out. But all three teams are, are certainly within striking. In the Oak Tree, I had Athens. You had Brentwood. And Twinsburg is leading. The defending champs probably uh, a little felt a little slighted by our prediction in the uh, at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think it was unfair, you know, to to act like they weren't going to be a good team. I, I think it, 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 in my prediction there, I, I didn't know really who to take because it certainly comes down to pitching, and I think that Brentwood's pitching looked the strongest on paper, but it's just not playing out that way. Yeah. For the wild cards, I had Cleveland getting it in the Kinsella. You had me getting it. And right now, we are both way off. Uh, Harvey's pretty much running away with the wild card right now. Uh, what do you think? I, th I think it's probably very <laughs> likely that the wild card comes out of the cornfield yeah. division because, you know, e even if uh, Harvey isn't able to catch me, I don't think either one of us would falter too much to the point where we, you know, end up losing the wild card yeah. at the same time. Yeah. We both had East Point getting the wild card in the Hobbs League, which is still a possibility. Yeah, they're right. I, I think that, you know, the way that it's playing out with the Lightning Division being so close that it's going to to keep an Oak, 
Oak Tree team uh, in the running, and Athens is playing about 500 ball right now, and, and they're right there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the World Series, you had the Fingers defeating the Elites. I had the Spiders beating the Bob Kittens. Stranger things have happened, but I think we might both be off base here. Possibly. Uh, I think anytime um, any of those teams that I picked are still in the hunt for the playoffs, I'm not going to back away from that prediction. For so sure. I think Raleigh's just hitting a, a cold streak right now. I, I see them kind of, you know, getting the, the ship back on, on course and. I think they still have enough uh, balance to be able to uh, be a world champion. That hurts. Hurts me to my core. I want the playoff. I want to be back in the playoffs hey, so bad. That, hey, that doesn't okay. mean you won't. Right, right, Just right. because I'm making that <laughs> prediction. <laughs> Looking at the big three awards, you have pretty much nailed the Rolaids relief man with Tom Hankey. My pick, Takashi Saito, still having a pretty good year for Athens. But Billy Wagner is right there, 21 for 21, as Casey Rydell mentioned. Yeah, that's an impressive stat. Um, I think Wagner was my prediction last season. It, he, he's put together a string of good seasons. Um, I, I think being on Cleveland's team and their part kind of playing in favor of left-handed pitchers, um, you know, is paying off for him. Uh, Leroy Matlock, uh, another guy yeah, having yeah. A, a good year for him as a left-handed as a left-handed starter. So I think that uh, ballpark uh, helps in, in that regard. All right. Looking at the Cy Young, I had my ace, Addy Joss, winning it. He's got the ERA, but not the wins. You had Satchel Page. He's starting the All-Star game, so he's well on his way. Yeah, I think either one of those guys uh, still have a shot at it. Um, we're having one of those rare seasons where maybe the closer is able to get the Cy Young award. I know mm. Tom Hankey is certainly in the running. Um, another guy who was on my radar at the beginning of the year who's having a very good season, Smokey Joe Williams mm-hmm. of East Point. He, he's showing his Cy Young potential this season. As for MVP, you picked Turkey Stearns. I picked Lou Gehrig to repeat. I think we both whiffed on this one <laughs> as Ted Williams barrels toward a triple crown. What a year. Yeah, I, I, it'll be tough to... He's had a career year in the first half of the season. It, it's... It's been a while, too. We talked off-air a little bit. I was looking at his numbers. It seems like every five years he he has a monster year, but it's been a while since he has, uh, you know, been at the top of those three Triple Crown categories. You know, sometimes he has big power years, sometimes he has big average years, but first time in a while that he's, he's been putting it all together, and really the first time in a long time that we've had a guy even close to 400. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I does he keep 400? I mean, odds are not in his favor, but, I mean, he certainly is looking like he might break the uh, best batting average for a season this year. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to watch. What about some surprises we're seeing this year? We've got Tony Gwynn of Cleveland. He's batting 370, which if it weren't for... Ted Williams, he'd be basically leading the league. Um, kind of a breakout year for him. Uh, we've we've seen him play uh, several seasons, but nothing like this. And then Joe Horlin with 10 wins for Wormtown. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, players who are having um, breakout seasons. Uh, Tim Lincecum of Athens. 10 wins is, already, yeah. Is really uh, having a good year. Uh, Nip Winters in East Point is, is finally putting it all together. I think East Point had a... Uh, 
you know, intuition about him being a, a, a potential stud in this league, and, and, and he's, you know, playing really well. So Ryan Sandberg just stood out to me when you announced him as an all-star starter. That that kind of blew me away. Yeah, he's he's having a, a solid season. I think he's always a gold glove contender, but, you know, you never know what you're going to get offensively. Um, and, and speaking of, of offense, uh, some other guys that are having big years that don't always seem to, to – you know, be on people's radars, Reggie Jackson. Yep. Not just his power, but God, he's hitting two ninety five. You know, when's the last time Reggie Jackson did that? I'm not sure if he ever has. I haven't seen him clashing with management too much on Twitter lately, so maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. Um and then we mentioned Todd Helton earlier as well. Mm-hmm. He's he's having a big year. Yeah. So we've got a couple trades to talk about as well. Uh I recently sent Jack Feister to the Elites. For Dizzy Dean, uh, I just wanted a little adjustment there. I, you know, I, I was a little lefty heavy in my rotation. Wanted to get a righty in there, so I've got three righties and two lefties now. Uh, I think he'll be good in my home park if I ever get to play there again. Wink, wink, joke. Uh, talked about off air. You know, you and I have both had super long uh, road trips, but uh, hey, it is what it is. You play the schedule you're given. Um, but in addition to that, East Point has been very busy on the trade uh, on the trade wire. Yeah, um, I'd have to count him up here, but, I mean, he's close to 10 trades, like, during the season. Uh, I think a big one for him was before the season started, getting Jeff Bagwell. I think he's added some uh, nice power and depth to his team. Um, trading you Dizzy Dean, he traded for Dizzy Dean initially uh, in, a, in a deal with um, Cleveland where East Point sent Joe Morgan for Dean, and then he moved Dean on to you. Um, and I think another uh, big trade for him in Athens was the Charlie Gagas for Babe Adams move. I think those change of scenery trades can often help both teams. Um, I think most of the moves have been kind of lower level. Some of those guys aren't even on the active roster. But I think adjusting uh, players to fit the depth that you want for your team is important as you move through the season. Absolutely. How about a little surprise? Our first suspension since Manny Ramirez in 2014. Crazy, right? Yeah. And one of the <laughs> least likely guys, Daniel Murphy. Yeah, Daniel Murphy signed a minor league deal with the Angels and therefore makes him ineligible for the rest of the season. And uh, based on the rules that we have, Murphy has to stay on the 40-man roster but uh, just becomes inactive until the off season, um, and then we kind of reassess: is he going to re-retire or will he uh, stay? Um, if he remains on the Angels roster moving into 2024, uh, he would just drop off of that roster right. into the doubt he'd be protected. Doubt he'd be protected. Yeah. yeah. Um, and lastly, Crash Davis has turned things around for Raleigh as he vies for Manager of the Year. Who knew one fictional man could make a difference <laughs> for a team? I felt like he was an important part of the Ghostman staff, um, so I feel like he's coming from a, a nice uh, coaching tree that that we've had in our uh, system, and I'm glad that I made him available uh, to be a manager because I felt like he was a, a, a good uh, fictional guy to have at the helm. Absolutely. Anything else for third base? I think also to add to that, yeah. his replacement, Sandy Grimes, is doing a hell of a job <laughs> for my offense this year, leading the league in home runs. like. I don't I don't think my team has ever led the league in home runs. Yeah. Well, that completes third base. Let's head home with a special gift for classic league owners and fans. As we head home, let's look forward to the second half of the season 
As we saw in the first half, there will be some schedule adjustments. Jason, touch on what owners should be looking out for. So there's going to be quite a big adjustment in July. I've got two big trips um, at the, at the end, towards the end of that month. Uh, and then beginning of August, I'll be out of town for a few days. So just a lot of traveling this summer, uh, kind of making up for lost time, as the last few summers haven't really been able to do that. Uh, but I would say, um, you know, late August, early September into the home stretch, things will start to become uh, a little bit more normal. Excellent. We'll also have episodes of Dead People Baseball after the trade deadline. Looks like we might be uh, recording in Chicago once again. We've done that before, That'd so we be should fun. be able to do that. And before the playoffs again, we'll have another episode. Um, but now it's time to reveal a surprise that Jason and I put together. CLB, the soundtrack. Where'd you come up with this idea, Jay? I don't even know. I, I forget exactly like when it came to me, but I, I think it was when I was watching Bull Durham, and I was just like, God, this soundtrack is so chaotic. And I started thinking, what if our league had songs that represented all the teams wouldn't that be chaotic <laughs> yeah absolutely and it and you know we sat around uh having a couple beverages and putting some songs together and thinking about um each team and how they could be represented and things like that so it was definitely a fun exercise to go through so we want to go through the tracks with you let you know what the songs are and uh and the teams that they represent um, so the first three there, there's, it's an hour and a half of music, so you could definitely have some fun listening to this. Um, we start off with uh, a couple songs that are, uh, strictly league related. Uh, you know, we've got take me out to the ball game. Uh, and that's the version that we find in, uh, Ken, Ken Burns, Burns baseball. Yeah. Um, we've also got the baseball theme by the Vince Guaraldi trio, uh, of, uh, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas fame. Then we go into three songs that are Classic League and personal uh, for Jason and I. We start with Ghost Town by The Specials. The Specials, uh, Ska Legends. Um, and, you know, Ghost Town, uh, we got a league of ghosts. It's dead people baseball, right? So I felt like that definitely uh, summed up what our league is really all about. Then you've got Center Field by John Fogarty, a, a favorite um, along with Glory Days by Bruce Springsteen. Um, I have a personal playlist that I listen to whenever I go to uh, Cleveland baseball games that uh, always includes center field and Glory Days. You know, put me in, coach, and let's celebrate the Glory Days of all these uh, these players of baseball past. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, you know, center field, John Fogarty name drops some of the players that are staples in this league. Uh, you know, we also considered throwing in uh, talking baseball, Willie, Mickey, and the Duke, but, uh, you know, we figured center field was, was a little more uh, up our alley. Absolutely. Then we get into the songs that are representative of each team. I'll, uh, I'll name the songs, and you say who they go with, okay? So first we've got Green Onions by Booker T and the MGs, and Superstition by Stevie Wonder. So we uh, connected these songs to Athens. Green Onions, obviously an instrumental, green being a main color for Athens, uh, and then uh, also makes a, a, an appearance in, in the Sandlot, so baseball-related as it is. And Superstition, we felt like uh, Lonnie kind of always tends to play these lineups and, and go, go with uh, you know platoons, and we felt like Superstition, baseball... The way he like runs his team, like it just it, it was fitting for 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 him. Yeah. 
Then we've got uh, the next two songs are Down on the Corner by Creedence Clearwater Revival and Saturday in the Park by Chicago. So the, both of these songs um, for Brentwood were tied to his home ballpark, uh, the old Comiskey Park, uh, being on the corner, um, you know, Saturday in the Park by Chicago. By Chicago. So it's kind of obvious there. Now these, these next two songs are, are going to be pretty clear uh, when I name the first one who they belong to. Uh, we've got Boris the Spider by The Who and Cleveland Rocks, the uh, Presidents of the United States of America version, representing our, our Cleveland, Cleveland Spiders. Cleveland Spiders, yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty obvious yep. there, too. Um, next, we've got, uh, I'm pretty sure this is the East Point Elites. Uh, Did You See Jackie Robinson by Buddy Johnson? And Elevators, Me and You by Outcast. So, name drops East Point, right, in the Outcast song. Yep. And then, of course, Jackie Robinson being the team captain. Both those songs we fe- felt were uh, fitting for his team. Absolutely. Next, we've got Say Hey, the Willie Mays song by the Treneers. And Rock and Roll Part 2 from Gary Glitter. Say Hey should, should be uh, the one that kind of gives it away, if you know that Willie Mays plays for Gotham. Uh, and then the name itself, um, kind of playing off of Joker. Uh, there's a, a very memorable scene from the movie uh, Joker with Joaquin Phoenix where he's uh, dancing on some stairs to that song, Rock and Roll Part 2. Yep. It, it, it did take me a minute when he announced his team name to realize Gotham Clown Prince is that the Joker was the Clown Prince, but it's awesome. I Love Mickey by Teresa Brewer and Mickey Mantle. Jolton Joe DiMaggio by Les Brown and his orchestra. Represent who, Jason? Gramercy Ghostman. The Gramercy Ghostman. I, I, maybe I should have found a song about Ted Williams with the year he's oh, on. Jeez, you would say that. Our good friend Pat, the owner of the Harvey Wallbangers, big ACDC fan, so he gets TNT. His offense is TNT. They're dynamite. And they're also Sultans of Swing by Dire Straits. We felt like uh, Sultans of Swing had to be incorporated into this playlist somehow. So what better way than, again, an offense that is always swinging away. Yep. Next are the songs for my team, the Limerick Curlers. Uh, had to go with something Irish related. So we got Jump Around by House of Pain, a good uh, stadium banger for anyone that's ever been to a game and heard that. And then, you know, my team, I say they play on the banks of the River Shannon. And, you know, that, that river's no uh, stranger to f- uh, catching on fire as well. So, uh, so Burn On is, is the representative for, by Randy Newman. It, are, those are the two representatives for, uh, for Limerick. Yeah, I think the beginning of uh, Major League, when you hear that song, you know, the, conjures up images of downtown Cleveland and, uh, you know, Cleveland Municipal Stadium when it existed. And that too. Next two songs are Dirty Water by the Standells and Let's Bash from the Lonely Island, uh, folks, Andy Samberg and his crew. And who are, who are those songs for? The North Coast Crashers. That's right. Big uh, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Bash Brothers fan. We felt like, you know, kind of fit his, his team. Um, but then, of course, moving into Fenway Park, figured we'd throw a song in there that is representative of Fenway Park. We didn't want to do Neil Diamond. No. So uh, we no. went with the, the song that represents uh, the city and, and the Red Sox. Next two songs, we've got uh, Born to be Bad by George Thorogood and the Destroyers and The Devil Went Down to Georgia by the Charlie Daniels Band. Who are those songs for? The Raleigh Fingers. That's right. So I think uh, mentioning the Bull Durham soundtrack, 
the song Born to be Bad gets played when Nuke's dancing in, in the bar, and then him and Crash go outside of Mitch's bar, which is in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, Crash Davis being the manager, like it just made sense that that song kind of represent his team. And then, of course, uh, recently acquiring their uh, leadoff hitter, superstar Ty Cobb. Um, Charlie Daniels being from North Carolina kind of made sense to tie the two of them together, North Carolina and Georgia. Devil went down to Georgia, and some may even call Ty Cobb a devil at some point. <laughs> <laughs> the next two songs are both instrumentals, but they both represent the Twinsburg Tornadoes so well. We've got Telstar by the Tornadoes, and we've got Sandstorm by Darude. I think both of those songs uh, kind of whirl up an energy that is the Tornadoes. Um, they, they don't talk much. Pop Fisher likes to keep quiet, so kind of makes sense that the songs just uh, create energy and you know go about their business. Last but not least, the Wormtown Warriors... They get two songs from the movie, The Warriors. They get In the City, and they get the Baseball Furies Chase. And I think those are, those are both perfect. Yeah, I think uh, initially when we were discussing this, we were, we were going to choose In the City because it was the theme song of the movie and try to think of something else. But Baseball Furies, in the, the baseball's in the title. You have to choose that too. So. And those guys, I mean, and then the, and the, the Warriors, obviously, and they're dressed up like... The baseball players and chasing them, and uh, they don't do so well, but the Warriors do, and the Warriors just win every time the that Warriors song plays. Warriors win, even when they're counted out. <laughs> That's right, they win. We really hope you guys all enjoy listening to the CLB soundtrack. The link for the playlist will be in the podcast notes, and we'll get it shared on Twitter. Jason, anything else to add before we sign off? I think big part of our lives is music, and uh, if anybody's interested, I, I do my own music, and I got a new album coming out July 7th, um, so you'll find that on streaming. It is my under my name, Jason Kaminsky, so check out my music. Absolutely, and with a great show coming up July 8th, so you should go check that out. Happy Dog Cleveland. Thanks for listening. Keep an eye on at ClassicLeague05 on Twitter. And get ready for the Home Run Derby on July 3rd and the All-Star Game on July 4th. And keep up with everything Classic League at classicleague.weebly.com.